Welcome to the F4 Podcast, where faith, family, fun, and finance intersect for a purposeful life. I'm Travis, and with my wife, Rebecca, we are here to guide you on a journey towards financial peace and success. Join us as we explore the realms of personal finance, from saving and budgeting to investing and retirement planning. But we don't stop there. We'll also delve into the deeper meaning behind it all, how aligning our faith and finances can make a lasting impact on the kingdom of God. Get ready to transform your mindset, take control of your money, and become a catalyst for change. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the F4 Podcast. I'm Travis. And I'm Rebecca. And today we will be talking about the benefits of budgeting. Last episode, we talked about a lot of the myths related to budgeting and some of the truths behind them and some of the lies behind them and how to avoid allowing those myths to prevent you from making a budget and being honest with yourself. So now we're going to talk about the benefits. A budget is beneficial for a lot of reasons. A budget shows you the big picture of what your money is doing. So you get to decide if you're proactive and make a budget and you make a budget that balances where your income ends up being greater than your expenses. You get to decide where is your money going to go? Is it going to support you and your family? Is it going to cause your family harm because you're spending it irresponsibly? You are without a plan. You're not planning, and so you're spending too much in one area. You need to decide what are your priorities in life? What is most important to you? Is it giving? Is it being able to give gifts to people? Is it being able to enjoy nice vacations? To add to that, you get to decide your priorities. Yes. That you are allowed to. Right. And a lot of people don't realize that. And so it could be retiring early. It could be owning X. You fill in the blank. Um, But you need to decide that so that you can work towards that goal and plan accordingly. Yeah. If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. By figuring out what your big picture looks like in the future for you and planning for that, you're far more likely to be able to achieve it. Okay. Um, Our next benefit that we're going to talk about is a budget can help you reach your long-term financial goals and personal achievements. So that's somewhat related to what we just talked about, but a little more specific. I especially want to hit on the personal achievement side of things. So maybe you want to buy a home, open a business, travel the world. Making a budget will equip you to achieve those things. And even further, a budget enables you to save for your priorities, which again, we've already talked about. And so just to further elaborate, That could include vacations, it could include your hobbies, it could include early retirement or just being prepared for whenever your retirement is. Um, It should include your Christmas and birthday gifts. You know, most people don't really think about how much they spend on presents for people over time. 
And that's something you should budget for. It's something we sit down every year and decide how are we going to approach this? How many people are we planning to get gifts for? And then we also try to set aside money for just people we didn't plan for yeah. or um, needs that come up, donations, charity, that sort of thing. So having a budget enables you to have your own little fund basically for giving to those needs or for your hobbies or for whatever the case may be. And a budget also empowers you to take control of your debt rather than feeling controlled by your debt and debt collectors. A budget, one, gives you the picture of what your debt looks like. And that is oftentimes scary. But once you know what you're dealing with, you can deal with it. Yeah, this one's huge. I mean, if you aren't planning and you are not being diligent, and using self-control and trying to live below your means, debt will always control you. It will. You have to control it. The Bible says the borrower is slave to the lender. For a reason, yes. Because it is very enslaving without... If, if you're not getting out of debt, you're probably getting into more debt. Yeah. And so you have to choose which direction are you going to go? How are you going to live your life? Are you going to live enslaved to debt and unable to do the things you want to do, unable to have extra money to give to support the charities and causes you want or to support family in need or to support whatever it is you want to support? It's going to be very difficult to do that if you're constantly being if your money is constantly being drained away to pay off your debt. Paying off debt, you mentioned, you know, paying off debt or getting into more debt. Those are basically the two options. You don't have to rush to pay off your debt if you're not, if that's not a priority, if that's not where your life is on. If it's getting lower every month, that's technically paying it off. But if you're not looking at it in the first place, it is most likely growing and you're unaware. Yes. And it's a risk too. I know we're kind of harping on this one a lot, but I think if you're in debt, then that should probably be your number one motivation to start budgeting better because debt is so crippling. It's scary. And it's scary, but it's one of those things like you need, in my opinion, you need to take care of it as soon as possible and pay it off early because what happens if you lose your job or what happens if your income goes down or inflation causes, you know, there's so many things that can happen that now those debt collectors are going to want to collect on the asset. And if it's a house, maybe that's okay because you sell the house, you pay off the debt. Hopefully you get some equity and you can move. But when it comes to things like cars or boats or campers or whatever, odds are good. You're going to lose the asset and still owe money. And that's a bad position to be in. So while debt is enslaving and it's dangerous and so forth, it's, it's something that you need to face with bravery. It's something that you shouldn't fear. You should control. You have the power to make the decisions to get yourself out of that situation and into a place where 
you were not only in control, but prepared for when emergencies happen and prepared so that you don't have to take new debt because you've created enough margin, enough savings that now you're the one making the decisions and not debt making decisions for you. Yeah, that's good. All right. So the next one is a budget can teach you how to make the best decisions for you. With a budget, you can make informed decisions about spending, ensuring that your choices align with your personal financial priorities. So it enables you to better say yes to what matters to you, and perhaps more importantly, be able to know when to say no to things that don't really matter to you or aren't a priority to you. And on this one, say you've done a budget and you look at it next month and realize you missed it, missed what you wanted to stick to. This is, that's a perfect time to let the budget teach you how to make better decisions going forward. So try not to take like budget failures. If you feel that way as a negative, that's a positive, that's an area to grow and learn how to better budget. Well, and by making those tough decisions today, you're going to put yourself in a place where you don't have to make such tough decisions in the future. Yeah. You know, Dave Ramsey likes to say, if you live like no one else today, you can live like no one else in the future. Meaning if you're tight and you're self-controlled and diligent and apply yourself to the budget today, in the future, you're going to be able to have so much money saved up that you can do the cool things that you want to do without even having to really worry about it or think about it. Self-discipline is easy as long as you never take a day off. True. Because taking a day off can can quickly... It it loses all the motivation because... What it, self-discipline is what you use when you don't have motivation. Well, and the repercussions of one big mistake can take years of self-discipline to pay off if you're not careful. And so, yes, you know, you need to evaluate. And sometimes evaluating means that you need to sell something and pay off debt that way. You may need to get rid of that $100,000 car and pay off that debt and get into something more affordable or whatever. I'm being a little facetious there, yeah. but um, there are other ways to increase your income and to lower your expenses. Those are the two options here. We're not perfect at self-discipline either. Sure. But that is the principle that works. Consistency is key. This is one that I think is going to speak to a lot of people. A budget can reduce stress. How many people are stressed? Me, I'm the first to raise my hand. It's my own fault, usually. Back to budgets. When you're in charge of your money and you're learning good financial practices and you're choosing what matters most, like Travis was saying a little bit ago, you can do the fun, big, important things with way less stress. You you know how to make your budget work for you. And again, a budget in the beginning might cause a slight increase in stress. That is totally normal, but this is the norm once you have been consistent for three to six months. It's way easier to sleep at night knowing that your car is paid off mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. to be paid off. You yes. know in three months this will be out 
of my debt portfolio. Right. And that is okay to look forward to. It's way easier to, once you know how long it's going to take, that takes half the stress away to begin with. A budget can also prepare you for emergencies. So if you're budgeting well, you're hopefully setting aside money in an emergency fund. Uh, it needs to be at least $1,000 starting out. That's the goal before you even pay off any of your debt other than your normal monthly payments. Before you pay off any extra debt, you should be setting aside $1,000. And then once your debt's paid off, you want to set aside three to six months worth of expenses. But having that set aside, again, we talked about having the peace to be able to sleep soundly at night, it lets you know that, you know what, if my air conditioner goes out, it's okay. It sucks and it's terrible and it's going to set my emergency fund back, but at least I didn't have to go into debt and I'm not going to be paying someone else interest on money I had to borrow, you know? And even if the entire air conditioner has, has to be replaced, that's more than a thousand dollars. Sure. But there's usually payment plans, and you could put the $1,000 on it to begin with if that's all you have. Like, even if it doesn't cover the full expense of the emergency that may come up, it will still alleviate some of that interest and stress on you. Um, a budget is also a great way to track your progress. So once you've done it a few months and you look back and you're learning and you're seeing where you're, it is taking you on this journey of learning how to budget and manage your money rather than being managed by your money and debt, you will start to see your successes. And I challenge you to celebrate every win, big or small, not, not with money. Usually <laughs> you can make that decision based on where you're at in your learning of the budget, but say you saved up for your emergency fund. You have a thousand dollars for the first time ever in your emergency fund. That's okay to get excited about, get right? Get excited. Take, maybe you're a stay-at-home mom and you're with kids all day long. Ask a friend to watch them and just sit in the bathroom by yourself for five to 10 minutes. Like, celebrate it how best you can. It doesn't have to cost money. Yeah, don't don't go on a $1,000 vacation yes. to celebrate getting your $1,000 emergency fund, right? Definitely don't discourage or ignore the... the but do something, yeah. right? within reason, do something to acknowledge the progress that you made and celebrate that as you grow. It's also good when you're tracking your progress, you can, you can track your future progress in terms of like, when will my, you fill in the blank, be paid off. And that was one of the coolest things when we first started budgeting together as a married couple was we were able to say, we know that our house is going to be paid off in less than two years. It was very exciting. And then before too long, we were able to say, oh, wow, actually, we're probably going to pay off our house in less than a year and a half. And then as the our investments grew and so forth, we ultimately paid it off even faster than that, I think. And everybody's situation is different because everybody's income is different. But you should be able to say, hey, wow, I'm going to be able to pay off my car in 36 weeks as long as nothing changes. Now, obviously, things come up sometimes. And um, especially if you're budgeting at first, you should expect mistakes. Or it is normal to have to revise your budget the first two or three months because you're going to see where, oh man, I left out the car insurance, forgot to budget for that completely. So now I got to figure out where can I 
rearrange the money to have enough money for car insurance. Or, oh, I forgot to budget for the kids' yearbooks. The kids' yearbooks, or whatever the case may be, you know, you're going to have things that you realize you forgot to budget for, and so you'll have to adapt. And and then in your future budgets, you should always remember, hey, if I'm going to get a yearbook every year, I need to save two dollars a month or whatever, and set that aside in an envelope. Maybe that's the benefit of being able to track your progress. Is you can see, I'm going to be debt free. At this point, you have an end goal, right? Like you see the finish line so much easier to finish the race when you can see the finish line. And sometimes things happen and that finish line moves out a little further. Sometimes things happen and it moves in closer, but you should have that goal that you're able to see and motivate yourself by just getting to that point. And as you get closer and closer, you're probably going to, if you're anything like us, you're going to be like, man, what can we do to get there even faster? You know, um, because it's fun once you see yourself accomplishing things and growing. Yeah, even before the debt is paid off. And maturing in your finances, that's exciting. Yeah. And it's it's rewarding personally to see that self-growth, I think. It is. All right, so a budget is meant to be flexible and adaptable. I just mentioned that inadvertently, but it is. It should not be this rigid thing that never changes, especially if it's your first one, you're going to forget some stuff because you can go out and get the best budgeting template on the internet or on software or whatever. But I assure you something you're going to forget about, whether like Becca said, maybe it's the kids yearbooks that you told them you would buy every year. Maybe it's uniforms. Maybe it's you name it. There's going to be things you forget, and we will probably do an episode sometime about things that people commonly miss when they budget, but the point is, once you realize what those things are, you know, fool me once, shame on me, right? But fool me twice, or fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. And so, if I've been fooled and I miss something, well, then it's up to me now to not let that happen again. And so I'm going to incorporate that in my budget moving forward so that every year or every month or every week, however often that expense recurs, I am prepared now. And just over the course of the year, things change so much in our daily lives that honestly, until you've done it a whole year, you're still probably missing some things. Right. And even once you've done it five years, there are going to be things that come up that cause you to want to or need to change your budget. And that's okay. Right. Like for us, we've been married 10 years and now we're having to pay health insurance out of pocket that we never did before. And so we have to budget for that. So there's other things that could cause that. Maybe your goals change or your life circumstances change. So you may want to revise your budget if your priorities change in life. But also if your income changes, maybe you need to change your budget, especially if it goes down. But if your income goes up, maybe you want to revise your budget some. My advice generally is if your income goes up, take the majority of that increase and put it to your savings, well, your debt, then your savings, then your emergency fund, and so forth, then your retirement. And try not to adjust your lifestyle too much Mm -hmm. until you're in a very comfortable position. That's how we paid off the house in less than a year. Yes, because when Becca got a job, Um, She got her first real career job. We just basically pretended like 
she didn't have a job. And all the money that she made, we started pouring into our investments until it was enough that we could pay off the house. A budget can help improve your relationships. Absolutely. Um, this one is kind of like the reduced stress one I talk about. It might seem like it is hurting your relationships, first thing. Because if you have made specific yes and no categories with your budget, the people who are used to you saying yes in the area you're now saying no to, that's going to be difficult for them. But it's just it's just learning curve and everyone learning where you're at. If they really love you, it will balance out. Ooh, you can say that again. <laughs> if they really love you, it will balance out. Because the problem is... A lot of people don't really love you. They're your friends because you have money Um, and you're fun because you have all the money or because you're the one willing to spend the money and you're enabling them a lot of times. And all of a sudden when the money stops flowing, the friends start, stop showing up. So you need to watch out for that. We could definitely do a whole episode about money and relationships and money and enabling people because those are very difficult topics where people think that they're helping when often they're just enabling and it doesn't really help you and it doesn't help them. Yeah. So one of the ways that that works is by budgeting that promotes open communication about your finances with your spouse, with your kids, with your extended family, which long-term will reduce potential conflicts. Like we said, there might be some pushback in the beginning when they're first hearing what you're saying no to. But once you've reiterated that and stuck to your budget, the way that you feel fits your life and priorities, they're going to stop asking and stop being concerned that you're saying no. Right. And it gives you the knowledge that you need to make good decisions and know when you can do things and when you shouldn't do things. When it it helps you set personal boundaries. Absolutely. And stick to them. Because if they do get frustrated in the moment, you just say, sorry, it's my budget. This is what we've chosen for our life. Yes. Our budget said, like, this is what we're choosing as a family. It's not personal. Right. I'm prioritizing feeding my kids over this or, you know, I'm choosing not to prioritize that at the moment. And honestly, the better you get at it, the people around you who stick it out, the ones who really loved you, are going to start to learn from your lessons. The things you're doing that are clearly working, they're going to see and want to know how to do it. So not only is it going to improve your relationships because you can now set boundaries and have open communication, but it's going to improve the lives of the people you care about most long-term. And then lastly, we have a budget can help provide peace of mind, which I've mentioned multiple times throughout this podcast. Knowing that you have a plan in place gives you a better sense of security. Now, ultimately, we acknowledge that our security and our protection and our provision all comes from God. But God also expects us to do our part to be wise with our money. When you read the Bible, it talks more about how we use our money than almost any other topic. So to simply say, I'm not going to do anything because God will provide is not biblical. 
God has provided. He's provided wisdom and instruction in his word that tells us, here's what you need to do. It's our job to do the things, to gain the wisdom, to put in the work. Work is not a result of the fall. Adam was put in the garden to work and tend the garden. God designed us to work and to provide for our families. And so it is our job to do that, to put in the work. And when we do, we are rewarded with financial gain, and that allows us peace of mind. Again, God is ultimately our salvation and our ultimate source of peace. But by following his instruction about how we use our money is oftentimes how that peace is achieved. Yes. He's given us the means. It's our job to put it in place. And so I think that can't be stated heavily enough. I don't know how many times I've heard people say, well, I, I'm not even going to try. God will take care of me. That's not biblical. Or who think just doing a budget all on their own, and not listening to God will provide significant peace of mind. Yeah. Yes. And it, when it's a situation where it's out of our control, hundred percent, yes, absolutely. We should pray and ask God to take care of us. But w- when God has already given us the means and the instructions, we need to be diligent to do what he's told us to do. And so I don't want to underplay the fact that God is God. And our goal with budgeting is not to be rich. Our goal is not to quote unquote, live our best life. Although that's depending on how you define that, not necessarily a bad thing, but our goal is to be pleasing to God and be able to best sustain ourselves and sustain the kingdom of God and help build the kingdom of God through our finances, through our efforts and through our work. But if we're drowning in debt, that really limits us to how much we can give and how much we can support of our, not just our time, but also our or sorry, not just our money, but also our time, because all of our time goes into trying to figure out how to get out of debt and not into how can I be more effective for the kingdom of God? Yeah, that's good. And so as we, as we close this out, you know, maybe you're not a Christian and that part doesn't apply to you, but budgeting is very beneficial. It can change your future. It can change your life if you're not doing it. And you start doing it. And so let me encourage you to start today. Start right now. Take some time alone and start working on this. It's not a one-time thing. All right. You're going to have to put in the work and adjust month after month. And it's going to be a lifestyle that's ultimately going to lead you to peace and to achieving your goals and being able to accomplish your priorities. And that's what we want for you. We want you to be growing into the best you you can be. Yeah. So uh, if there's any way we can help you, feel free to reach out to us through the Bolton Financial Coaching Facebook page or Instagram. Or Instagram. Um, we thank you for listening to our podcast. That's all for today. Bye. Bye.
That wraps up another empowering episode of the F4 Podcast. Remember, it's not just about the dollars and cents, but about building the kingdom of God in every aspect of your life. We hope you've gained valuable insights on how to navigate the world of personal finance while prioritizing faith, family, and fun. Take what you've learned today and apply it with intentionality. Together, let's sow seeds of financial wisdom and make a difference. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and share it with others who are seeking financial peace and a higher purpose. Until next time, keep living F4, prioritizing faith, family, fun, and finance.